I snapped because I wanted to sass you. Mine was, mine was slightly behind because I'm high, and I was like, oh shit, Paco's doing this for real. Yeah, yeah. He's going real fast. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Sorry, I, it's been so long I smoke weed that I, for some reason, I'm now becoming that guy who's like, oh, you smoke weed? Well, you, you probably look like this when you're high. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> Snacky foods. <laughs> Too slow. But that is how I look when I high, Evan. <laughs> that is how I high when I look. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm not high. I'm just tired. No. Uh, uh uh, yeah. Welcome to the Vulgaratours, where Jason won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think that was the first time I've talked in like five minutes. Everybody so, shut up. Well, that means, every time I say that, it just means Jason. <laughs> I love how there are episodes where like I'm running the train and Jason's like putting shit in front of the tracks, and then every time Jason's trying to run the train, it's the opposite, where I'm just like, Stopping fucking trees in the tracks. Uh, <laughs> Be like, wait, wait. This has nothing to do with the movie, but I have to talk about this thing I read on Twitter. Yeah. And then somehow, sometimes you actually make it pertain to the movie, and I don't know how. You I mean, it. all I'm saying is, I was talking is. about lollies the other day on one of them, and I was like, oh fuck, I can't believe I was talking about that on the fucking podcast. I, it was great to learn about lollies. I yeah, had no idea. Yeah. Glad I learned about that. I learned uh, they're not people that are just laughing out loud all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Evan. They're also not <laughs> people who like lollipops. That should be the name of like, uh, like an award show for comedians. The lollies. Uh, but the award is like hosted by your favorite waifu. <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, welcome. What are we talking about today? <laughs> well, I guess I should introduce it if uh, we can all be quiet. <laughs> the collective we is me, I guess. Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, pa- Paco's using his teacher voice right now. He's like, class, shut oh, up. totally. Yeah, like, or especially no, one it's, of it's you. It's more like my AD voice where it's like, all right, guys, we're about to do a take. <clears throat> Quiet coyote, quiet coyote. And then, who, who then, I, the then I look yeah. at the PA who won't shut the fuck up, and I'm like, all right, guys, we're about to do a fucking take. And then if the PA still doesn't shut up, I just, like, stare at them, and, like, everybody else stares at them, and then they, it gets really quiet and awkward. And you give, you give them the crazy Paco eyes. I miss being an AD. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Welcome to the Vulgar Tours, where we examine the filmographies of genre filmmakers. We are now in our third episode on the films of Zack Snyder. This week we are discussing Watchmen, his adaptation of Alan Moore's seminal graphic novel. I am Paco. I'm Evan. I'm Terry. I'm Jeffrey Dean Morgan. God damn it. <laughs> sorry, I just, I don't like my name. You're waiting. You I'm sorry, I just don't like my name, but I'm Jason. <laughs> no, it's fine. You can be Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So Jeffrey, uh, tell me a little bit about working on this. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, do you have any, uh, any stories on set you'd like to share? It's all fucking joke. No. I can't, I can't even come up with anything. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I can't. Oh, even, oh I know. Even. It's uh, you've probably this... had a long day of uh, working on whatever oh, you've been doing. Yeah, uh, Walking Dead season like eighteen or whatever. Oh, fuck! I forgot you were in that, Jeffrey. Shit! Oh, is he yeah. in Walking? Who's? He's... Yeah, he's Negan. Yeah, he's Negan. Oh shit! 
for that's that little crazy. part. That's crazy. Okay, yeah. what a comic book guy. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I will Comi- say, I no, think... graphic novel. Sorry. Excuse me. Graphic novels. They're not well, comics. Well, Walking Dead's, they're comics. It's like huge long series. No, when they're collected into, they're you comics. know, form, they are not comics any longer. They are, they're literature. They are, they're bound I guess. Sorry, I'm, I don't know why I'm coming out <laughs> in, in a blaze right now. <laughs> You're on fire. So I will say I I did appreciate. Yeah. I don't know why, but I liked that the movie started with fucking the McLaughlin group, just like wrong again, and like it's you know the comedian watching the McLaughlin group, mm-hmm. which is something that I watched with my parents when I was younger, and that's the only reason I was like, that's John McLaughlin. See, I have no idea what that is. I was just like, they took the trouble of hiring a Pat Buchanan impersonator, which oh is kind of insane. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, let, let's talk I'd about like, this. Which I believe Pat Buchanan was part of the McLaughlin group for a while there. But, but I might how, be thinking of somebody else. How much money did they spend on a Nixon that doesn't look like Nixon? But Not even a little bit. Cartoon. Makeup on, yeah, it's a cartoon and Nixon. Dude, there's so like I, David like, Bowie, and they're at 54, and then you're spending money on like an Andy Warhol, and it's like it's just yep. so to the excess that like I do love the opening to this movie. It's bizarre that they use the times they are changing by uh, Bob Dylan, and there's a bunch of like 60s music in here. Well, like, but that's that's later, like the McLaughlin group stuff and the comedian. Yeah, like, that oh sure, I, but, but I mean, yeah. I just I, I just mean credits. like the big montage of the opening mm-hmm. credits. Yeah. Is just, Boy, it's, I don't like the opening credits. I think um, I always equated with like, oh, I love the opening to the movie, thinking that it was also the opening credits. But I love the opening mm-hmm. just straight up like the comedian that scene uh, in the 300 reference. There's a couple of 300 references in this movie, <laughs> uh, which is a little obnoxious. Uh, there are, yeah. So like, well, when it, he kick, when he throws them out the window, <laughs> well, when I he mean, throws the mug, but that's at the door uh it, it obscures i think his room number is like three zero zero one and it hides uh, the one and 300 uh, and then what? there's also there's a part where someone has a briefcase and the co the uh oh, the uh, yeah. password or whatever is like three zero zero a bunch of stupid it's, shit it's it's the uh oh, the psychiatrist when when everything's blowing yeah. up or whatever yeah yeah oh, yeah good catch by the way yeah yeah when the rorschach uh ink blots fall out of his briefcase it yeah. has like a close-up oh, of, yeah. uh, of his uh, samsonite hmm. yeah um i guess we should i wanted to talk about sort of snyder's reverence for the source imagery Yes, um, I mean, that is a very, to... very important distinction to make, Paul. Uh, yeah, that was I mean, very diplomatic of you. Do you want? Yeah, do you want to break down? Because I think it starts with the pre-opening uh, credit scene, where uh, the comedian is killed, and he matches. It's like one of the first pages of the graphic novel, yeah. where the comedian is falling out, and there's the smiley face pin yeah. falling with him, uh, and. It's like, I think we should just get this out there right at the start. Snyder is a visual storyteller. This is really an incredible showcase of that. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, as I believe we've discussed before, doesn't necessarily seem to be the most sophisticated filmmaker of our time. He's dumb like, as fuck. 
I I think he is kind of a savant, but he is not necessarily reading into the nuances of Alan Moore's material. Well, I mean, I, I think we should even start there. Like, if if just in case our listeners don't know, like Watchmen was a comic book. Uh, it was a limited, or I guess a maxi series that ran twelve issues back in the eighties. I think it was nineteen eighty seven. Um, uh, by writer Alan Moore. Uh, the artist was Dave Gibbons, who he had worked with on 2000 AD, which is still running. It's like a 1970s British like anthology comic of like sci-fi. Isn't and that where stories. Judge Dredd is from? Yeah, exactly. I think so. Yeah. Oh, damn. Um, yeah. And, uh, Did, John didn't it Higgins... run in heavy metal for a minute too, or was that a separate know. magazine? I think that was a separate magazine, but okay. maybe it started like, uh, or maybe it had like some overlap, but. Um, yeah, it was collected in a single edition in 87. So I guess it may have ran from 1986. Uh, I think it, I, I, I think it was 85, 86 is what it is what I saw. Well, Alan Moore is known for, he did Swamp Thing. He did Promethea. He did, uh, From Hell. Like he's really, uh, probably. He did League Ven- of Extraordinary Gentlemen. V yeah. for Vendetta. Um, yeah. oh yeah, he did V for Vendetta. Like he's responsible uh, for some of the most the like well-acclaimed. Joke. The Killing Joke, uh, the Batman comic that really is probably one of the more well-known, uh, like, or at least appreciated of the Batman comics or, or graphic well, it's novels. Like, like, I mean, it's between that and uh, Arkham Asylum, the Morrison one. Like, those are the two big yeah. trades. Well, uh, yeah. this and this, the Frank oh, Miller stuff. Sure, uh, sure, of course. But yeah, but Watchmen right. kind of coined the term graphic novel because it was one of the big. Um, collections where they were trying to bill it as a graphic novel not a collection of comic books an anthology to sell it and it really worked like people were buying it not as a book of comic series but they were buying it uh, you know as a graphic novel which is something that's well, kind and, of... and i i think and... even the the structure of it mirrors that where gibbons is uh it's a mirroring effect from the center of the book all outwards all the panels are mirrored yeah, I mean, he uses, uh, Dave Gibbons uses, I think, nine panels, like, is kind of the traditional layout that he has. Like, there are some sweeping, beautiful splashes and some a bunch of, like, great, uh, I mean, it really, I, maybe we had talked about this, this previously, but, like, um, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons really, this is one of the best collaborations between an artist and a, an author um, because it really is a piece mm-hmm. of literature. I think it's so snooty to say like, this is one of the best pieces of literature, this comic book that came out, but, but it genuinely if you haven't read it it's one of the best like, it's it really is amazing. It's basically um kind of it's about it's a deconstruction of superhero comics um mm-hmm. where uh, the story the comedian that we're talking about is killed in the opening of the book and then it turns into the other members of his previous team uh trying to figure out who did it and then while also going into their past as the minutemen uh this other mm-hmm. team uh, that was from the 40s, like Golden Age comics. Um, this really was developed by Moore after DC bought Charlton Comics, which was kind of like an EC Comics uh, imprint where it was a bunch of like, I, th- I think later in their run, they did a lot of like licensed uh, issues like Popeye and like mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of things like that. But um, I think Steve Ditko had a bunch of stuff uh, there. Uh, he got started there. Roger Byrne um, got started or. Uh, 
Brotherburn? John Byrne got started there. Um, it, it really so he wanted to use those characters from Charlton Comics, um, and DC didn't because they knew that I mean Alan Moore was going to kill most of these characters or portray them in ways that maybe they wouldn't mm-hmm. want these characters that they had just purchased to be drawn. And this, this, which is ironic because in the long run, DC ended up taking these characters that Alan Moore created. Right, because he didn't, he wasn't able to use these characters and the ones he wrote for this are his. And uh, without his consent and with him saying he doesn't want them to use them, they've now started separate runs of comics about most of the Watchmen characters. Well, I think there was a whole prequel series. There was there was a clause I think where it was like when they stopped uh, running them like uh, you know like uh, certain printings of the comic book then he would retain the rights him and Dave Gibbons but it never went out of print and once it became like a graphic novel and stuff he never really received a lot of money from it and he was super pissed and uh, that's why I think the movie says like Watchmen created by Dave Gibbons because it's his, no, it's, it's his co-created, co-created. Yeah. co-created. Okay. co-created. But, yeah. and, and it's funny too because I think there's a quote as well that like Zack Snyder was kind of like I really want Alan Moore to see it in like London you know or in like a rainy day in London when he, he lives in Northampton like it's okay but also like Alan Moore doesn't but, go, like see movies either let alone one and, made like an unauthorized adaptation well also fucking, he was fucked yeah, over right. by DC Comics like he didn't really make a lot of money I think and also he like curses the filmmakers that adapt his movies I don't know if it was this specifically but it was either this Free for Vendetta or Swamp League of thing? Extraordinary Gentlemen or Swamp uh, Thing from the 80s with uh, no Wes it was burned him out it was too. recent it was in the 2000s he like because he's mm. like a pagan uh, he does he's chaos super magic. into paganism <laughs> yeah chaos magic whatever mm. it's all the same shit uh, hey. he put like a literal curse on one of the filmmakers. Because they had adapted something that he felt shouldn't be adapted. He needs League to, of extraordinary. He, he needs to well, update he, his curse on uh, Snyder. Well, they, they were trying <laughs> well, to get they in, were trying in to, a video game. This is a parody, they were, obviously. They were trying to get this movie made like since the eighties. Like they had spent a shitload of money trying to adapt it. It went through so many different filmmakers. I think Joel Silver uh, was trying to produce a movie back in the day. Darren Terry Aronofsky, Gilliam got really close um, uh, to directing it. Yeah, I mean, Which, it kind of... I, I don't think... This is one of those books, too, that I think is unadaptable. And for Zack Snyder's credit, he does a great job of visually getting it right using the book as a blueprint. And I think that's really rad. Like, I really appreciate He does it. a great job like, of visually, visually getting it, it right. It really yeah. lifts it off I the I think even directly. Terry could agree... Visually, Zack Snyder does a great job on this movie. But you but, will get no but, but I think that's, in that respect. But but that's also one of those strange things too, that's where at, at a certain point it feels like a Disneyland ride, where you're just kind of riding through this movie, and there's all these great scenes and uh, like visuals where it's like, oh, this they got it right. Like this looks like what's on the page. Except for some things, like the John Higgins color in the original mo- uh, movie in the original comic is really kind of brighter and has more depth than the desaturated kind of bleaker look other than like Ozymandias' costume which is kind of it, it, like all of the costumes have a desaturated color and they look 
plastic, like rubbery in the Batman and Robin-y way too, yeah. where it's like, mm-hmm. it looks overdone and not necessarily as like, uh, you know, golden age comics, like wonder yeah. years kind of thing of not wonder years, but like, you know, has that like imagination that he, that is in the comic book, which we shouldn't, I guess I should stop comparing this movie to the comic book, but it, it yeah, is. Let's uh, because this movie or this episode is already going to be like two hours long, probably. So that's I guess half, uh, the, half of the movie. <laughs> we should, uh, we should try to address the movie on its own terms. And I'm going to start by saying, I think what makes this movie so interesting is the contrast between I, the text is obviously they had to adapt a lot of it. But it takes a lot directly from the graphic novel, mm-hmm. and it is a cynical text about like the fascism intrinsic and like superheroics, uh, and about like the kinds of people who think that they are able to make a better society on their own. Mm-hmm. That is just this blast of kind of anarchic energy. And the Snyder shoots the action scenes like these guys are normal, like they're fucking Batman and Superman. And uh, I think the way he films it creates this really interesting dichotomy between the horror of what we understand and what we're seeing and these this like surface visual element that does not understand that and just thinks it's dudes doing cool shit like yeah. breaking people's arms in yeah. alleyways and stuff uh cool. or like my 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 main concern with that like analysis which i think is like accurate or perhaps like you know you can defend it in a certain regard <laughs> is that i don't know <laughs> if every single viewer is approaching Watchmen <laughs> like that? Well, which is no, that's that's well, well, no, but that's, here's here's my thing. I don't think the director is dude, approaching Watchmen like that. No, ex- but, exactly. No, but but, but <laughs> no, and that is there, the ultimate problem. <laughs> there is here's the question that art theorists have been discussing since art theory became a thing: is the art how it is interpreted by people or is it the intent of the artist well and okay and, and we can get into like artistic or authorial intent yes and that's valid and perhaps it's independent of the intention but we still recognize that there is something uh like disgusting inherent in like a propaganda film we can appreciate the artistry that goes into work but we recognize but, that the message is vile and that's what's that's what's true of this film the message is vile but no, what I'm saying is this is the cinematic equivalent of Andy Warhol painting those like Campbell's cans, but in reverse. Like exactly. it is, it's Verhoeven adapting a fascist book into an anti-fascist movie in Starship Troopers, but in reverse. Like, well, if 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 Verhoeven was a room of monkeys smashing on typewriters for a hundred years yes perhaps we can say that of snyder but like I, I, that doesn't matter like <laughs> okay, okay can, can we I talk in about... terms terry like i i sorry uh, Jason. The, no, no, can no. you express terry exactly what you disagree with in my assessment 
I think that you are making a point that is an interesting way to analyze a movie. And I think that there is some validity a. to that point. I think that you are, yes, the the, the distance from the uh, intention of Moore's graphic novel and Snyder's film is, like, ironically uh, so distant <laughs> that, that that juxtaposition is uh, almost laughable. However, I think that... Uh, while respecting that distance and kind of ironically like making sport of it, which is like, yeah, my brain is poisoned. I do that all the time. I think that, uh, it's, and like, it's really difficult for me not to like look forward in Snyder's career. And I'm trying really hard not to do that, but seeing like the, the, the Petri dish that Watchmen is, uh, for like the later, uh, uh superhero stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and, and like, but working it out with Watchmen, uh, it, yeah, it's such a disgusting it, violation. See, I think I think it's yeah, awesome. it's Let's... really interesting. Uh, sorry to just jump on that really quickly, because Rorschach is clearly his inspiration. Yes, he's Cue that fucking pockets. meme for like your your yeah. heroes yeah. are the most problematic character or whatever. Like this is exactly that, except it's the filmmaker. He, he's like if he remade Taxi Driver. Travis Bickle would be a good guy. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> because that's essentially what Rorschach is. He's fucking Travis Bickle uh, by way of Batman. When and... I- Sorry. Go, go ahead, what, what's what's interesting about this movie that I think that we we should talk about as well is this is the summer after one of the biggest comic book summers of Iron Man, thus starting the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Dark Knight, which it created this grounded um, idea of what Batman is. So when this movie mm-hmm. came out, you're dealing with an IP or a, an intellectual property that most people were not familiar with a bulk of the cast other than uh what jack jackie earl uh haley mm-hmm. uh uh who plays rorschach was the only one of the cast really who was familiar with the comic book and really tried to get this role actively the others a lot of the other cast were just kind of like oh my friend told me to really like do this and that's why i read the book and stuff like that the idea that this movie was made for like over a hundred million dollars as a new property at this time in 2009 and was successful and is actually, I really enjoy separate from the book because of the, the choices that it makes and the story that it's telling. Like this is a thick two, two hour, 42 minute movie that's getting into a lot of territory that you do not see in comic book movies, especially post it, like the the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Zack Snyder's later DCU, you know, DCEU, what whatever universe. Like this movie is kind of a, a an anomaly that's really interesting because it's it's really it's not smart like the comic book because the comic book is such a different medium where there's all these recurring motifs and there's all these beautiful panels where they're telling three stories at once uh, you know uh there there's all sorts of like different things that are going on where there's a character reading uh, a comic book uh, T- tales of the black freighter um that's also being narrated over what you're actually seeing in real time happening along with montages of other things that are going on mm-hmm. it, it really is I can't imagine writing it and, and and drawing it like it really is something insanely special and completely a singular like one of the best vi- like visionary tales. And so the idea that 
maybe Zack Snyder doesn't necessarily understand the source material, but is inspired to do his own thing from it and to try and not necessarily carbon copy it, but to do his, uh, to show his appreciation almost like a uh, book report that, or, you know, like he did like this beautiful mosaic of what he liked about the book is really charming to me. And I think that his collaboration with his cinematographer, Larry Fong should also be noted. Like, I think this is probably, I haven't seen all of his movies and, but I genuinely think the movie is is beautiful. Like I think the lighting, the costumes, the special effects aren't over the top. It's not like he's using green screen, like 300 where they're obviously not, you know, there, the sets look Mm -hmm. beautiful and realized exactly like the comic books, like night owls cave. Look, it looks amazing. Like the care, the casting is fantastic they got the right people in on this that i think that like maybe and terry i'm not i'm not you know shitting in your bed and uh you know not again but uh i i think that even if i disagree with a lot of the choices that were made in this because really this is an unadaptable book like i would never dream of doing this book it it exhausts me thinking about it that I do think that Zack Snyder did a good job and, and to be able to communicate why the book is so great. I mean, when this movie came out, it's it brought Watchmen back to like the number one New York Times bestseller list and a mm. bunch of people read it. So even if this movie is shit and people don't like it, the idea that a bunch of people, a bunch of moms and dads and all these random people that may have not seen the movie watched it is kind of dope. Who watches The Watchmen? Motherfucking all of us did for this podcast. I, Thank you. No, but they didn't. Uh, this movie was a like famous bomb. It definitely well, it formed, made but. it made like a hundred ninety million dollars off of like a hundred and thirty, hundred thirty five million dollars. But as budget, we've which talked, you, you know, you've got to make like three point five times it, your budget to get your money back. But it, but it also uh, created a cult following later too that a lot of people really uh, do like this movie a lot. Like it it has that, become. That, I mean, like that does something, but not when you're like three hundred million dollars below. I mean, you I, I think what it created okay, is the Spider Bro Paco, community. How fucking dare you? Okay, start, <laughs> recording, start recording again. Okay. Yeah. No, but like, I mean, I I again in the same way. Like I understand a lot of your points, Jay, but like I I. Uh, I don't even think the cast is good in this movie. Dude, uh, there, there, there's a scene where Malin Ackerman. Uh, uh, I don't like her in this. Lori, what? whatever her I last name is. Yeah, she's, she's, she's the weak link, and, and she is weak. pleading for the fate of humanity, and it's like she's yeah. reading lines off a piece of paper in front of her. I mean, I will I, say, I will argue that Laurie in the comics was not also not my favorite character. No, but 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 Laurie's so that might be part well, but Laurie's character Laura's in the comics thing, is super. Conf- she's kind of annoying. She's super conflicted though. Like she she, she has mm-hmm. a depth of character. Mullen Ackerman is yeah, just like true. Uh, uh, she got tired of her bow because he has three dicks and I don't know. And then she had to go like have sex with the night owl. Like fine, I don't care. But like at least put some like effort into the role. I... Yeah, that's where they didn't they didn't write her character. They they kind of took what Alan Moore had on the surface for Laurie's character, but they didn't mm. have they didn't take the time and the space what? to create what was well, and that's the story of the whole I movie. I will say I don't and that's, think that's, that's, that's Snyder yes, that's is an actor's director. I don't think Snyder is an actor's director. I think the actors are kind of expected to do that work on their own, and she's 
like the freshest face, the least experience of the bunch. And, and, and like, I, I think that's actually the script they give her is like, true, how and else could you play? But, but you can't, you can't just make a movie that's a visual spectacle. Like, no, but a lot of this but, movie though is verbatim from the book. You, like, there's a lot of dialogue because I had the, I'm dumb, but I had the book right next to me. No, no, it, it, but, but it even, but see, that's a lot that's of the, the dialogue thing. is. But you were but you were right to compare it to like a, a a Disney ride because it's like animatronics. It's like there's something organic in the comic well, book. When you're watching the film, it's like it's like a bad facsimile. They're they're saying the same lines, but it has none of the actual like uh, but, but the I soul think... of what's what's being done here. But it, that that I don't agree. with It rings at totally all. hollow. No, but I all I of the is. scenes that have any no. emotional resonance in the book are replicated in the film, except they're devoid of any of that emotional resonance. But if they're doing something completely different, the world is about it, to end, and the stakes don't matter. Well, that is yeah, that is partially the, what I think is lost here too is the humanity of John's. The whole book is about humanity. So, you can't well, remove that from the book, or else you're fundamentally losing the what makes it, the book. We should book. also say we should also say that we watched all three of us. I'm guessing, or all three of us, all f- how many of us are there? All four of us. Four I've of had us. a couple beers. Um, so <laughs> I, had, I had one beer. Um, I, I can't count. Um, no, but we all watched the theatrical cut. Uh, the like ultimate cut, I think, is like three and a half hours long, and they they put in a bunch of the things that really um, would have made the movie stronger. But have it being as long as it is, and I do really love this movie. It almost feels like there had to be like break it in two, or like I was kind of tired I... by the time before they went to Antarctica, and I was like, gosh, this is right before the finale, like. It, it, like it's so detailed there's so much shit in this and it's amazing like i really enjoyed this movie but it, it almost feels like it, it it i mean it that it's like disneyland in terms of like it's immersive into the comic book of like if you hadn't read the comic book you'd kind of get the gist of it from this book from this movie but when you read the book it is full of so many effective like but jaw-dropping I feel moments like that um that, that the subtext is we... lost in the movie we're getting so bogged down in the book, which I think is fair. Sorry. Because it's fresh. I just read it. I'm well, so um, I think it's considered a classic, even if we appraise the film on its own merits though, like, so what, what about the message in the film is appealing then on its own merits? I think that the film captures unintentionally the cynical anti-authoritarian nature of the book and well, but you're still comparing it to the book there, though. That's my point. But because you asked, like... No, no, no. Uh, but, okay. okay, so no, on on the film's own merits, devoid of a comparison to the book, then. Okay, so not talking about the script, I think almost every performer does an incredible job. I think Snyder Same. Shoots, this th- shoots the shit out of this movie. Uh, I think he's making a very, very different film than what the script calls for. But I think everyone involved is making a very, very polished, well-done version of that. Uh, I think until you... There's a couple scenes that fall flat, like the uh, hallelujah scene. Ugh, and uh, I, yeah. Any scene with Moan Ackerman, I'm sorry. Oh, most of shocking, dude. Most of the Agreed. stuff in Antarctica does not work for me. It's bad. Uh well, but they changed, the, the yeah. whole thing where the, you know, Ozymandias uh, says, like, 
Oh, what am I, like a villain in some comic book? I wouldn't tell you this if you could stop it. Uh, is <laughs> still, <laughs> like, and I remember, God damn it, I'm going back to the book now, but I remember going back to that, or, like, the first time reading that, or just being blown away. Like, I'd never read anything yeah. like that. Well, where it's... The evil deed has already been done. It's but like wild. So there's nothing. It, it's because the all-seeing Doctor Manhattan, who is literally knows, I guess, his own future, present, well, no, past. But, you know, no, but that's the but, thing. But Doctor Manhattan is nothing. He's that not. He could, he, but he's not he omniscient. Can't. He's not, he's not on omniscient. The, no, no, that's of course, the point. But, but I'm saying that that the point of him getting uh, detoured to Mars is so that he can't stop Vite from continuing his plan. And so, like, I think the ultimate nature of oh his plan succeeds anyway is the cynicism that i think is really interesting that that reminds me of the book because that is a really affecting nature well, that no matter I how much love... you try and and but that's also what makes rorschach's his complete arc like at the end of the movie um genuinely so effective too of his journal getting published question mark that and no matter what justice that. will you know it's prevail well but the idea is what is justice because it's not hooded justice but like i think part of the cynicism there is obviously ozymandias is doing horrific authoritarian shit but like it ends the cold war and then rorschach sticking to his ideals restarts it well but Uh, like the operative thinking at work here is like if if an act of genocide ends the Cold War, then that's a justification for like Stalinism or something. Like it's such. But that's that's what is so interesting about the finale of this movie is how quickly he's able to get people on board with that project. You know, I would argue Rorschach is not a hero, but in that moment in the third act, he is the closest thing to one. Because he's the only one not willing to compromise his values and go along with the massacring of millions of people. Well, and that's that's the weird thing because the film straddles the line. It's like, is Rorschach actually the secret good, like good guy, or or is uh, Rorschach like incompatible with this worldview that has to accept this like act of genocide as a necessity? Like, it's, con- Here's it's what confusing I would argue... to to like square those two points. Here's what I would argue is I don't think it is because I think Zack Snyder unapologetically thinks Rorschach is the hero of this movie. Yeah, like I think I think that's I don't think there's any conflict there. Uh, it doesn't matter that Rorschach is a racist <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Like Snyder clearly identifies with that. Well, and, and I see that, but like, but, but what is that? Then how does Snyder feel about Adrian Veidt then? I uh, <laughs> I think. Adrian isn't Snyder's type of guy, you know? Again, going back to kind of how he turns this into a fascistic text... Uh, well, but I don't I don't think he's actively condemning Veidt either, though. No, but, I don't, but, but that's no, the whole No, I think he sees Veidt as, like, a necessary evil. You, you know, exactly. There's no, there's no indignation over what he does. But, but that's that's genuinely what this movie is about. I mean, is that Terry, how would you present indignation over what he does? Uh, Patrick Wilson's character murders him right there in front of everyone. I don't give a fuck. Just give me something. Snyder already has proven he has a penchant for gore. I mean, he's no problem doing that. So why why couldn't Dan Drayberg have just beat Adrian Veidt to death? uh, Again, 
it's not, not to be this terrier. person. Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, <laughs> that's how the book ends. Night Owl kills him. It's been so long. No, 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 no. no I'm saying it, like it's not like it's really like he well, but... go like he's back like really. And I don't want to mention the book. Like when it comes to the ending, it's completely separate. Dan is not it's... there when uh, Doctor Manhattan kills Rorschach. Like yeah. there's no mm-hmm. scene. He's he's hooking up with Julie. Uh, they're they're the, fucking by the pole. The or, no, but they're still uh, they're it's still also in... not. It's not a pyramid. Also, it's a it's a glass. Uh, yeah. it's like what the the squirrel right. is in in the bikini yeah. bottom or whatever. SpongeBob. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that's called. Pineapple. Snow snow globe. Um, but but it's I I don't know what I was saying. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I I just. But I guess what I'm saying is like. I think there are places where you play with the text and there are places you don't. And, like, yes, there are ways you can condemn that more, but his showing the victims recognizing their fate is about as far as you can probably get unless you want just, you know, images of people getting slaughtered right after. I'm not asking for images of people getting slaughtered. I'm asking for the filmmaker to more strongly condemn an act of genocide in the film. I guess my question is, how do you do that as a filmmaker then? Like, if you have the script you have, your choice is in the shots you make and, like, how you shoot them. Well, but um, he, he's willing to alter the text and, like, and I'm trying not to, like, bring up the book too much, so I won't. But my point is is that he's shown he's willing to do it. We said it and, ten and, times. And, and so, but I guess uh, my question is, if Alan Moore's condemnation is not enough... Why should Zack Snyder have to condemn it more? Well, I, I think that Alan Moore, he's <clears throat> he's going into the idea that these superheroes are separate. Uh, they they operate on a different level and have a power to them that makes them. I mean, that really gets into the idea that it's illegal to be a superhero vigilante. And Rorschach, there, I think, even says it in the movie. It's just like I never stopped wearing my mask because he could be arrested. Like most of the film and most of the book. He's without his mask on, uh, with the end is nigh uh, sign that he's in yeah, multiple like panels with. Little snippets um, here and, there. and he really never stopped being a hero. And I think that's really the demystification of the superheroes is like really he has such a pat not not passion for justice, but like he, I think, is a hero because he doesn't stop. He doesn't quit. He, he doesn't. He does no matter. But he's what. not a hero. No, but that's the that he un- kills a fucking insane. Person. Yeah, the, like that uncompromising like, idea of justice that's only meted out with with brutal violence is like like yeah. this, like. But that's what makes the scene like uh, going back to the characters. What I really enjoyed about this movie and why I think too that I don't know if I would cut anything out. Like I do think it's overly long, but the book is so long and detailed that it, it fleshes out all these characters to tell their origin stories, not in the way that's like Batman, my parents die, blah blah blah. Really Rorschach's origin story starts with the f- discovering that that guy uh fed a little girl to his dogs. And that he has to make the choice of killing that that person who admits to that. And I think that that scene was powerful, too, to show that he is a hero that goes by any means necessary to have his own justice and what... No, he's not a hero. That's when he loses his humanity, exactly. as he tells it himself. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's when he stopped being whatever Walter his name Kovac. is and became... 
but that's he's he also living in no, but he's, social justice reform. I, but I, reform. I disagree, though. I, I think that he still has his humanity. Another great scene in this movie is Dan, uh, Dan or, or Night Owl is like gives him shit for something, and Rorschach is just like offers his hand to shake uh, Night Owl's hand. Is like I'm so sorry that I'm this way. Or I like, must be difficult. I'm, that I'm, that is a, no, a but like, single moment in the entire film where he is humanized whatsoever. And they yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about him, like, uh, when Night Owl and What's-Her-Face go out to dinner, they talk mm-hmm. about... That like, he throws the guy, the guy who, down the elevator shaft. I love that yeah, shit. Yeah, like, like... He's no, a sociopath. No, you no, don't. Yeah, they, he's I, a sociopath. Jason, they continuously Jason, no, but, say no, but, no, I imagine no, you interact with mentally ill people on a fairly regular basis. No, but that's... Mo- everyone else does what Night Owl does, which is ignore them or try to help them. What you don't do to a mentally ill person is throw them down a fucking elevator shaft. No, that doesn't he... help anyone. That's not heroic. Okay, I, I, I get you. But it's also... Okay, that's a throwaway little thing that... But but I'm but I do think of Rorschach as the victim in in a lot of ways too. In the what? compassion that I have from no the compassion that okay, I have from uh, as a child. How about when he murders a little person? No, but his in whole the bathroom. Well, that he kills two people by toilet, which is great in this movie. No, but that person was also going to kill him, and and I, yeah, I, but Rorschach had the option to leave the situation with a guilty person already in jail. Yeah, but there was also... He had that choice. There was a right... He had that choice. Night Owl was there and was like, let's go. We also don't and know that he, Rorschach... killed, that he killed that guy. Uh, just because the blood oh, water bro, came bro, on bro, the... Go I know, I know, I know. I know. Yeah. You know, fuck uh, it. No, but I, I like, do... I, I, Alan Moore's like, idea... God damn it. I'm going back to the fucking text again. But the idea of Rorschach is like the idea that the... Uh, you know, Charles Bronson, Travis Bickle type uh, vigilante is inherently evil. Like, but we they should don't mete out justice equally, and it doesn't. It's not a positive for our society. But I, if that makes but, sense. But I, I think it's... I feel like Snyder really connects with Rorschach because yes, he does have redeeming qualities, like. He believes in justice above all else, and he's willing to sacrifice everything, including his life, for but, that. But that's but does like does that make him a hero? Well, that's the deconstruction of everything that Alan Moore was doing with the book. Is this is like what Batman may be like in real life? That, that he suffered this trauma in childhood that he hasn't reckoned with. I mean, the idea that he's called Rorschach. The psychological test of finding patterns, finding things that are latent in your own uh, mind, and well, that, that he—that's like he also—he's also using a Rorschach blot is still like accepted by practice no. either, though. But but he's also inhuman. Like near the end of the book and the movie, he's really barely talking in sentences. He's omitting verb. Like he's not. He's not really doesn't even know what he's fighting for anymore. Yes, other he's than like he's fighting he's, for he's like something. a feral like animal at that point. I I don't know. I don't know why I have My so gosh. much compassion. I'm just saying they are all heroes. Well, no, no. I, I I think that's precisely the point. Like, I, the fact I don't know that you why have I'm not compassion. Good, uh... No, 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 no. You you are supposed to have compassion for Warshak while watching this film, and that's the part that bothers me because I but think Warshak is not someone who's just the, the comedian. Who, no, who is, is not also. A hero. But is a well, hero, but, 
You know what I mean? Because in the movie, he's no, exactly. To be a hero when it's yes. like okay, his whole thing, and really John, for that matter, uh, who's Doctor Manhattan, is supposed to be the hero. When I would argue that he's not the hero at all, um, and especially the whole, in the, the book, whole point is um, that he's he's not human. Well, the the idea that they could play Ride of the Valkyries, which is also Ugh. in the trailer, while they're killing Viet Cong, and then there's the scene of the comedian just that's straight an up homage to Apocalypse Now. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, it's uh, just oh, a movie about it's... war crimes. <laughs> yes, it, uh-huh. and, and exactly. the idea that maybe the comedian... he was in a dumb way thinking I, that I was smart. I, the comedian, I'm supposed to and wasn't trying to make it propaganda. <sighs> yeah. Um, but I, I will say that what I dug about this movie is for how many characters there are and how it's not a TV show, each one has an origin story in this movie. And the way that they're framed, the way that they take their time exploring those was we, really we impressive didn't, to me. We didn't see like I, did, yeah, didn't We didn't see Dan's origin story. No, we didn't. Yeah, we, but he, but he talks about it. But, like he literally, it's all through like some flashback, and he's talking about like, oh, I, I, I you know, my dad was rich, and blah, I know, blah, but blah. we we actually got but we actually got a character. scene for the other ones though, and that's like, and I and I feel like rather than uh, worshiping at the altar of Rorschach, I would have rather we like. Also, uh, I'm a little disappointed that that he didn't have as much of a dad bod as he did in the comics. Yeah, he. It's like he apparently Patrick Wilson yeah, gained right. twenty five pounds for the role, but it's like his back was muscular as fuck. Like the, in the yeah, original, he's kind yeah. of this pudgy, cute guy, and that's kind of <laughs> yeah, the antithesis. He's, he's got a dad bod. Like, Doctor Manhattan yeah. is this blue, muscled person, and really, Laurie is looking for a connection that's not, you know, uh, you know, Dom DeLuise and Marty Feldman. And Mel Brooks, you know, Brooks going down on, on her Reynolds. in the shower, yeah. you know, to Burt Reynolds, which is like that yeah. made me really <laughs> laugh uh, and stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know that he necessarily needs it though, because we get a lot of what's driving him in, like, you know, he can't get it up, and then they go fight a fire, and then he's That's hard as a rock, you know? Okay, like, but. I, I, again, like the implications of that, and in particular, the choice of letter Cohen's "Hallelujah." Um, yeah, like, they should have used not Jeff my Buckley's favorite version, scene. right? Like, like, like Snyder made like like Zero Dark Thirty. He just like didn't realize it. But but I, I think, well you haven't seen Zero Dark Thirty. But uh, I'm just picking like the most propaganda film I could think of. No, but you're you're also it's, it's not Zero Dark It's 30, bringing no. the humanity like to these okay, sure, there you superheroes go. though. It's the idea that they feel themselves when they're in a costume, helping people and feeling needed and feeling mm-hmm. like no, themselves. And, and, That's and the you're really right. Important. And I think all of that but nuance is communicated also about in Moore's their text. selfishness uh, involved as well. Yes. Like. They don't feel whole, like it's. They're social justice warriors unless they do something. Well, but there's also a a fundamental mistrust of like um, social systems and other people to take care of things Mm -hmm. that, that like these people, um, like take upon themselves and then call themselves heroes. They say like, you know, I did this thing, and it's like, well, people were capable of doing this, but rather than helping them, you just overrode them, and like. I do love uh, after the past year how. The scene of brutality is the comedian like shooting yeah. like tear gas grenades at a couple people because yeah. compared to what we had in Portland, yeah. I would take the fucking Watchmen. Ted any day Wheeler of the week. is kind of like the comedian. 
a little bit. Right. With I, more shady I, money that, you know, put him into office, allegedly. Um, it's, not allegedly, uh, it was his money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so but the, the whole idea that's so interesting, like, that people want oversight over their police, and that's why they hate these superheroes. But that's... Uh, that kind of rings true in a new light in 2021. Who watches The Watchmen? I mean, that's really yeah. what well, this is all oh, about. Okay, but like at what point in of... this film, at what point in this film does Snyder communicate that particular uh, sentiment? Who Do we even see the graffiti that says who watches yeah, The Watchmen? It's obscured yes, briefly, though. Uh-huh. It's not... A, yeah, but... Exactly. It doesn't... But, but I think that is not included in the But that's one of my main problems. But we get to... I think actions speak louder than words. We see them brutalizing protesters. Uh, and, like, and even Night Owl comedian. mentions that, too, of, like, what are we doing here? You know? Like, yeah. it, it, I mean, that's, you know... Well, and, and I think because that's, that's valid, before but the also... act takes place where it is outlawed, and then they're on the, like they can't be heroes anymore because it's illegal. I guess Terry, uh, can you clarify what your? I feel point like is? we're arguing in a way that yeah, we're not I feel like about we're, yeah. we're just crossing paths. It's fair, it's and fair. It's, yeah. We're crossing. I think we're all on the same page. Any points? <laughs> my father yeah. is watching. Being like, hey, let me finish my point. No, no, no. True. True. My start of my yeah, point. Fair enough. Yeah. All uh, right, Evan, you be the ref. Uh, you let people start and finish your point before the next person can go on. Sound good? Sounds great. I'm probably going to just, it's a lot more of like, shut up, what are they saying? <laughs> but but even even Vite, there, there's a point where Vite is, is saying like, your school book uh, heroics are tired. Like, this is a post-Marvel movie. Like, it feels like if this came out now, it would hit more with people because it really is an indictment on superhero culture and uh, randomly enough semi kind of the fanboys that would you know no i i think it's a glorious celebration of those things how can you say that (laughs) like (laughs) yeah i i kind of like i i can see maybe where you see this as like from your point of view, seeing this as being like it's a complete bastardization of the Watchmen. No, comics. no, no. But I'm saying that in like, the sense that it's not trying to actually make any the s- of the points that Alan. No, Moore's no. But making, I'm saying that Snyder. Yeah, I feel like it really does on like a dumbed down. No, level. but like, like but S- Snyder idolizes Rorschach and and like well, heroes in general. All that. of the heroes kind of- are are painted in a way that doesn't show the like. Yeah, I don't know. We we can't, even Doctor yeah. Manhattan is is sort of meant to be empathized with in this way in that movie mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, eventually he becomes a hero, but you forget that he's it's it's just Rorschach's a sociopath, and so is Doctor Manhattan in this movie. And yet, I, I well, I don't even I agree with you, Terry. Where it's like he does glorify these characters that are not. The point is, you're not supposed to glorify well, them. Yeah. You're not supposed to even really connect with them in that way and make them the hero because that's their ultimate flaw. Exactly. They're and, they're and... so flawed. They're they can't be a hero. And I feel like that's kind of like the point that's sort of missed in this movie, but is something I feel like Snyder is trying to make is that like, hey, in a realistic situation, Christopher Nolan style, maybe heroes are ultimately human beings and they're flawed even a god would be flawed mm-hmm. in that sort of sense well, like Night like, i do see that message is sort of there. Well, but, 
but I enough. think I think I don't think Terry is right in that Snyder well, takes time the long that. point. Uh, Paco said that Terry was right. Time stamp. Just, just put it, put on. it on like the, the loop. Mean, like, <laughs> all right. Hang on, hang on, hang yeah, on. Was, edit, was cut it so that every time uh, Terry was saying something, say Paco. All right, yeah. hang on, hang on. All right, everybody, Ter- shut up. Shut up, so I can do take two. <laughs> I think Terry was right, but, but he was wrong. <laughs> Such a fucking. Now I'm confused. Wrong. That sounds like a yeah. kind of okay. Uh, so Terry is right mean? that Snyder missed under like does not understand the characters and presents Rorschach as a hero uh but Snyder doesn't alter the text that he's basing it off of so I still think that presenting super unheroic actions in a heroic way uh does prove like there's enough ground there for the audience to like come to terms with the difference between what we're seeing and what we're expecting. Like Rorschach is a violent fucking asshole and like no one is supposed to like him. Uh, And even though he's directed like, He's fucking John Rambo or whatever. And then he's supposed to be 35. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's like man, 40 or something. A long life of uh, fighting crime. That's yeah. true. Ages it will do stuff to you. But still. And also, you no know, hanging out in dreams and killing kids and stuff with, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. All I'm saying <laughs> is... Well, that was a dynamite, I, I, like, another thing that bothers me, though, is like the treatment of Dr. Manhattan in particular as it relates to the ending. Um, but his beautiful because, blue freckles, yeah. God, he has. Oh, sure, back. sure. No, Billy and Crudup's I actually, honestly, I, I like uh, Billy Crudup uh, as Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, I think that's I the like... one good casting in the movie, probably. I wish it was Vin Diesel. Actually, that would that I would kind of rule. Actually, I'm tired of these people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of their problems. Yeah, dude, it would be great. But no, so so Vin Diesel what... is the comedian, and Dr. that would be Manhattan. hilarious. No, you get so Jesse. Spectre. You get Jesse Ventura as the comedian. Uh, Hold on, is Jesse calling? This is the American dream. (laughs) No, but but what I object to in relation to Dr. Manhattan is that, like, uh, the the change in the ending where uh, Dr. Manhattan sort of, like, as, like, uh, almost like a martyr uh, takes the blame. Yeah. Which, which, like, offers Dr. Manhattan a sort of, like, out uh, in a way that I... Well, because in the comic, like, Dr. Manhattan is, like, he, he is not human, like... Whereas, like, uh, Snyder idolizes uh, superheroes that are gods because their thought processes are inscrutable, but they're ultimately out there to help us. Dr. Manhattan is largely divorced from humanity's fate. He's being a large, like, he has, big dick. Yeah. Too, well, yeah, he's got a big, a big blue big, pole. When he's a right? big, uh, you know... Lovely blue pole. Hanging that, but, hanging that uh, dong. But, like, he, he has some small investment in relation to the people that he still knows. But, like, in the end of the book, he it's like, he's like, I don't condemn or uh, condone, like... Or, or yeah. like, yeah, he's which is also in the movie. It the it is, yeah. but by accepting the fact that that he was blamed for it in the film, it it alters like Manhattan's fate. It's the, as like for the greater good of humanity, he does this. Whereas in the in the book, like he, the Dark he, Knight. In the in the book, though, he like when maintains the fiction, but also he's totally divorced from humanity's fate at that point. Like, would he have stopped the missiles? No, that's not the point. The point is, is that he came back to look at the wreckage. Yeah, just like with. I mean, it's the same as in the bar in Vietnam. 
Yeah. He could have turned yeah. the bullet like, into he mercury. He but he no, didn't. exactly. Yeah. yeah. You could have turned the gun into well, and But yeah, that's my point. But mercury. Snyder rehabilitates Dr. Manhattan, which I think is also a problem. Which I makes don't, me wonder why the fuck does he just go with the I don't think that's a ending. rehabilitation. He, he martyred think, himself for the sake of humanity. Like, they, it's a heroic sacrifice. I would disagree with that. But uh, it wasn't Dr. Manhattan's yeah. choice. I, I, I yeah. know. It was, but it's well, and, and I, Adrian being like, I'm just going to And that's true, but I think Snyder is injecting like, that, that aspect into blamed, the film. I, I, I'm, I'm projecting. As I'm projecting. for why you change yeah. it to Dr. Manhattan, I don't think that really makes sense, except for the fact that I think this is a era, you know, what? Are we 12 years past this mm-hmm. now yeah 12 years so we are far more uh open to like comic book shit in mainstream movies i feel like that's more a studio note of like you can't just throw in a giant squid monster yeah in <laughs> the third act that's so much more uh, interesting though because they yeah they, they, exactly they opened it is a realm. Galactic, they but, opened a dimension to have it kill you're half dealing of with versus blank you're dealing with hollywood filmmaking and that means that making compromises. Well, but I don't have to and accept those compromises either, though. Dipshits. I reserve the right to criticize Snyder for not fighting hard enough for that. I, wrong. Tim. I don't. Again, need... you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. See, I don't think that change makes that big of a difference. Uh, it totally, it totally alters it, the end of the movie. I don't think it fundamentally changes Manhattan's art. <sighs> How does it? How would it? Be, be... He's not a fucking martyr beyond. What like? No, I don't. Know. No, it's like whenever the bad guy, or or what, rather the good guy, pretends to be a bad guy to maintain like some kind of a fiction for like the sake of peace. That's a heroic sacrifice. It's like that's a but he's it's a trope. He's not doing it for the sake of peace. He's doing it because he wants to. He doesn't care and he wants to leave. Right, but I'm saying that uh, it's not communicated in that way. It's meant to be like a like Doctor Manhattan and Adrian Veidt essentially unified things, whereas like. It's it's like I I think I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one. But I mean it's, it's I, fair. I, I I think it's a fair might point. Might just be spitting my I wheels. Just, I just I, I hate this we, movie. Like I'm sorry. You know everyone. what I don't think you know what we I what I don't think for the first time this entire episode um we wouldn't disagree on is Patrick Wilson is a cutie patootie. Is he our most covered actor on this podcast? James Wan. I mean, shit. We had him in a bunch of episodes so far. He he's uh, my man. He's King Orange. He's Insidious Conjuring. He's, he's uh, King Orange. Oh, wow. He's the the shyster. Is shyster a yeah slur? I think you can say that. I don't think the other three of us. <laughs> what do you can. mean by you? Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is, is, is that a is that a Yiddish word or something? Uh, it's a uh, now considered a slur against people of. Oh, I didn't know Okay, all right, I'll remember that. Makes sense. So, yes. But I'm I'm talking about the Conjuring. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Not that I know he's Jewish. <laughs> I think he's Catholic. I don't know what he is. I don't think Mr. Don't, Warren the shyster. Yeah, I think he's uh, Evan. You can't say that. Yeah, Evan. Evan, what the? F- I'm sorry, I just we did. just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just discussed it's a slur now. No, but like it, uh, that's wait. like calling my people potato can, eaters. Wait, I was in slur. Can, can I still say schmuck sorry, though? Like a schmuck still appropriate? Yeah, of course. That's a Yiddish okay. word. Yeah, right, schmuck right. means like literally like schmuck. a fool or you know. Okay, okay. Like how we can call people because because like I really like yeah. I like schmuck and I like like chutzpah. 
Oh, you could yeah, use chutz, Yiddish chutzpah. up the of up uh, up my tukus up if the you wazoo. want to. Yeah. Up the tukus. <laughs> up the tukus. Yeah, do you happen to know the Yiddish word for poop? Now here's where that's a little racist that you just asked me that. No, I don't know every Yiddish fucking word. Uh, but no, I, mean, I, I don't. I'm did, sorry. Um, did you do a bar mitzvah? I thought they had to teach you a bunch of. No, you know, oh, I was two quinceaneras away. I had to take a big uh, punch punch. When, I'm, when, you you're, know. when you're 13, Terry, you're supposed to have I know a how to say it in Chinese. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom. Oh, right. Shui bum bum. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, shui bum bum. That means water butt. You know, <laughs> but even though bum bum isn't Chinese. <laughs> but yeah. you know what's, shui is water. What, what, what's, but, like, you know, if you're working with yeah. students, you have to come up with terms for I have to poop. Uh, so I thought in maybe in like the bar mitzvah era they would have a term for I have to poop now in, in... the Talmud you must identify every poop word in Hebrew <laughs> yeah. the rabbi uh... I know how to say poop in like six different languages and I just want to make it more thank god, fuck yeah. thank god for thank you god. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I can insult people in like 12 languages I can't say hi in that many but that doesn't matter. Yeah, fuck it. This is my, this is my, my impression of a crow, that a sophisticated crow saying poop. Caw caw. <laughs> <laughs> you should be in the new Dumbo movie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dumbo, caw caw. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, nice little tangent there. Uh, trail off. I, I feel like this is a really this is a really difficult movie for all of us to be talking about because we all have different ideas of what this movie sort of yeah. is and how good it really is Ooh, yeah. and how, or how it's bad really it good. is. Like it's we, really bad. It's, it's really hard <laughs> to discuss between us all because it's... I hope this I episode today, doesn't And I'm just like in the middle everybody. of the fucking road. I'm like, I've got, I've got my foot in with the boat with Terry, but I'm also just kind of like, ah, I, I used to think it was a really great movie. And I was like one of those that watched the movie then read the comics and was like, man, the movie's a piece of shit compared to the comics, but the movie's still good on its own. And now rewatching it, I'm like, I think the last, like, two hours is crap. The first, for some reason, the first 40 minutes is <laughs> The last good. two hours. But the last two hours of the entire <laughs> movie, the I was movie. like, oh, it's so generic. <laughs> I know, exactly. That it's... blew me away. I was like, like, the first, there's like, it, I was writing notes for the first 40 minutes, and then, like, after that, I just stopped because I was like, there's nothing that important for me to note for some reason. Like, I don't know, cool little thing when, like, Adrian's looking through the monitors and seeing Rorschach and Night Owl, like, walk up to his palace. Like, on the left, he's watching Mad Max. I saw and on that, the right, yeah. He's watching 1984. Like, mm-hmm. weird little Easter egg shit. Like, I don't know if that's important, but I thought it was a cute thing Snyder to Snyder picked out things he thought were smart. And, like, how much of the budget went to, like, spending... On getting the rights to all the fucking songs, oh, which like the every night, one of his movies, there's so many the goddamn songs. Is just like, I just fucking just love how I love Zack Snyder always chooses the most obvious uh, song. Exactly, in, like, but but also why, why not make it set in the eighties and use eighties music? Like, do you think that would be pulling for like the all of the sixties? Like the sound of silence was so like. I could go my whole life without hearing that fucking song again. Or like I love <laughs> no, All Along the Watchtower. Don't get me wrong, like that's one of the few cover songs yeah. that are better than the OG songs and totally stuff. Totally agree. 
but um or wait i'm sorry that was the original bob dylan did the cover right sort of like nine inch nails you know yeah. johnny cash did her anyway that. yeah no, I'm, I, no I, I'm i'm sorry yes i think jimmy dylan, no i think jimmy it hendrix, was a dylan cover i think dylan yeah. did it first. I, I, think I was dylan being a dick first. i'm sorry dylan yeah, also uh, said that jimmy hendrix did the song better so i mean like well but i honestly uh, i still like the sound of did. silence but like it's <laughs> I, it's overused but, as fuck I, but it's also I think so part of the idea is that starting in the early 70s uh things shift so much because of the Watchmen alternate universe that we can't expect with the post Watergate cynicism because the comedian killed Woodward and Bernstein and maybe without post Watergate cynicism also you don't Kennedy. get the third term. Oh, well, he did kill Kennedy. That's right. Yeah, he yeah, did have a third But what term. I'm saying is, they're, they're also you saying don't that, get yeah. punk, and without punk, you don't get new wave. You don't get hair metal. But, but it's also it's yada, not yada. just a third term yeah. for Nixon. I think it's a fourth term because we're in 1985. He's running. Well, well he's running he's against running Ronald for the Reagan, which in the book it's Robert. Yeah. No, but the, no, no. Because they said they're talking that, about the actor in which is no. But remember, they, they said that Reagan's presidency. Reagan was going to run at the end of the movie. They said Reagan's going to run in '88. Which would be the mm. next presidential election? Yeah. So we're 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 like in the fourth term of Nixon. Nixon first gets elected in what nineteen sixty eight. Yeah, because I mean, 68. technically, wouldn't that be Bush's? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like in our timeline, that would be running against Bush, but it's Reagan, so it's been pushed. exactly. So he's run for four terms. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Nixon's in his yeah. yeah he's in his fourth term. Because in the movie they say like yay. Three, four more it, years, third and term. It's, it's past that. They, they abolished the term limits, and Nixon's, that's why Nixon and Kissinger are so fucking old. Mm-hmm. Ah, that makes sense. His yes, nose because, looks like, real, because by the end of the movie, they have gray hair. Yeah. His nose looks Oh, real. God, that nose. <laughs> I didn't like the Kissinger accent, I would say. I wanted more of, like, uh, I want you here to... Yeah, the uh, Simpsons Kissinger. I just hate yes. seeing or, Kissinger. Or, like, I hope he dies tomorrow, and that's not a parody. Yeah, we're recording uh, this the day after Donald Rumsfeld, and yeah. I just want to say, yeah. if there is a god... Dude, Henry's there right is. Yeah, there. dude, just get him. He's like Henry's 90 million right years old. <laughs> but buddy, just buddy, take if you him. can take Rumsfeld, you might as well just take Kissinger <laughs> yeah. with him. Like, come on. There are the known knowns and the unknown knowns and the unknown known knowns. He's, and, uh, I don't think the there's a hell, but if there is a hell, you, like, run it and, like... Donnie needs a buddy, <laughs> and it's Henry. He's gotta, he's gotta have some company, right? I love like, his first name basis shit. It's Henry. Henry's right there, guys. Donald, Donald will go with him. Yeah, Donald's already there. Put Henry in. Anyways, I guess should we get to saving face? Do we have please real thoughts to say that aren't just chaotic yelling at each other? Yeah. What? Hey, that's Zack Snyder's fandom. <clears throat> I think we're no, fans? Quit question mark. No? Right. We're yelling at each other? Okay. Okay, I, I do want to say before we go, uh, I am slowly becoming more and more convinced like Zack Snyder is the epitome of why I started this project, Ugh. which is to <laughs> focus on well, directors who are like unrespected, who make genre work, that ends up, I think... Being something that will be reclaimed for a future era as oh. having serious artistic merit. Okay, t- and t- Terry, I think, don't even sigh. Don't give a labored sigh to that. I agree with Paco on this. <laughs> I think Snyder is going to go down in history 
as the Michael Mann. No, I disagree with Paul. Don't say it. Visual artistry, sure. I don't think storytelling wise. But he's have not you concerned. seen Miami Vice? But no, no, but true. But like, that's one out of like oh, how many God. fucking great Michael Mann movies there are compared to like how many great Zack Snyder movies. You just you're I mean, breaking my like, balls. Story wise, all I'm saying, substance wise, all I'm saying is, uh, Mann was like two for three starting out. So far, Snyder's three for three for me. Uh, <laughs> man, oh man. Well, I okay, I, I do. You can't oh, argue sorry. with the fact that like. Zack Snyder's influence still is all over modern movies now. I mean, you just can't argue that. And it's also, Zack Snyder is one of those compelling filmmakers because he kind of instigates these projects that he knows are going... I mean, all of the DC movies are completely polarizing, and it's like a snowball that's out of his control that he's just, like, does his own thing and makes movies that he would want to watch... And that creates a huge, uh, you know, schism that is felt. Like, obviously, within this episode, there's yeah. a weird schism between all of us. I hope we can hug it out. <laughs> tell you that. But uh, I, I, I think that's interesting. Like, so that's excited. fascinating to me. You know, it's not like Michael May. Be- Michael yeah. May. <laughs> it's not like Michael Bay. Like, I feel like Zack Snyder does have a certain personal touch to all of these movies like i could tell he digs all of them so it's regardless of whether or not he um interpreted watchmen the way that you did or the way that i did or the way that paco did like those are all credible i I think it's interesting that you have a obviously a clear fan of the book making the movie that he wanted to see and like there's no doubt in my mind that he loves the book and i think that's really one of the best things about this movie is like it was made by someone who took the time and detail to adapt it and and with the love and respect that it deserves and that may not work for everyone and i think there are problems with it but i really respect that and i i think that's permeates up until maybe the dc things but it's i I think that's fascinating i it's there i don't know i think it's interesting it's the first time i i can think of that Hollywood has given what I will call an idiot savant the keys to so many kingdoms. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I I think he's an incredibly is savant derogatory? filmmaker. Is that der- no? Is that but a- the idiot oh, part. Okay, is, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just <laughs> that was a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, I. But I think he's also a genius. Ugh. Like. Going off of what Jason was saying, here's where I, I, I will tie the two together, and then after that, I would like to hear um, all the reasons why Terry, like, what Terry, Terry keeps sighing. Because of all the sighing. <laughs> yeah. I think, I agree with Jason that Zack Snyder li- loves the Watchmen comics. Who doesn't? Who reads it? It doesn't matter who you are. I, I can see that within the work he's doing to adapt it to a, I mean, and you know, he has the extended cut, which is like three and a half fucking hours. Like, so there's must have been a lot more. I can see where he's putting the work and some of the effort into visual styles and s- trying to make it, you know, accessible on that level, on a, you know, on a, a cinematic level. Mm-hmm. But I do think he's a fucking idiot who misses <laughs> yeah. most of the points sure. and doesn't really, he's only doing it because he thinks, he sees the, the, um, 
he sees the surface level shit that Watchmen is fully about, which is the consequences of vigilante actions within a realistic, like, world, on top of the ideas presented by more of gods being on Earth, as well as the the humanistic stuff, which is kind of left out of this movie. As much as Snyder feels like maybe he's putting it in there, it's still then just, like, shoehorned with a bunch of action, or, like, action is shoehorned in front of it. It's, he obviously does love Watchmen, but I do feel like he's, like you said, Paco, he is a savant. I do, I do agree, he has a certain eye that nobody else may be able to have, but he's also an idiot. And is not necessarily this is where I disagree with you Jason is that I don't think he's the right person to do it he just happened to be the person at the time to do it in a way that isn't I don't know isn't yeah, as like, egregious who, as somebody else who, might have who been who would able make it to. better like I don't think that's my Aronofsky, question is like who would make it better I don't better? think Gilliam but any, like I somebody think could have I the don't visual, think anyone else makes it if you made it into compelling. a TV series if you spread it out they did like, and it kind of sucked no but that was well, like no, that's a sequel that's a Paco's That's 35 years stop later. Yeah. Just yeah. stop. Yeah. If it was made to be an actual, like, adaptation... Like, we've seen some TV shows do that, where they can take an adaptation of something into... Which I did like TV the TV show, show. And branch it out and do it well. But also, you also you have to think about the, ho- the whole entire Hollywood system getting their grubby little fingers in something. Most of the time, you can't perfectly adapt something mm-hmm. in that way. Because, like you were saying, Paco, somebody up top is going to be like, well, I don't like the whole alien idea. That's stupid. We're not going to give you the money to do that. But what if you change it to Dr. Manhattan? And even if Zack Snyder was like, that's stupid and bullshit. Why are you making me do that? He still has to, to get the money. And that's, that that's I think, that's just my two cents of the movie. Terry... All your Himmons and Hamans and Simons are uh, real, real intriguing to me. What, what were some of the things you were saying about, especially I mean, talking about Snyder being the right person to do this, and why you might disagree? So, I think first and foremost, uh, I think Snyder is dumb. I won't dispute that. I agree with the both of you. I think that occasionally, uh, like kind of as like a. a in a savant way, maybe he communicates like deeper truths about society, uh, unintentionally, but I don't think that he is too dumb (coughs) to uh, like fully, uh, imbibe the like deeper meanings in the comic, uh, which tell me that he is a monstrous hack and he made a vile film that completely, And intentionally disregards the meaning of the book, and like Paco said, made a movie that he wanted to watch. He because again, like ah, uh, so it's intentional. Well, so I like I'm not like That's your I, I think there is like a lot to to, to pick through in the in Watchmen. I think there's a lot there to digest. However, I don't think you need a graduate degree to ana- analyze it. And I think that even though Snyder is like dumb as fuck, I don't think you need to be super intelligent to get like the most salient points in the Watchmen and by making a movie that so uh, assiduously misses every single fucking beat like that it, it, I only see it as a bad faith reading which is I, really interesting so that that is that is, that is to say that like that's fascinating to me in the sense that like this whole time I'm thinking of Snyder not he's missing all the right beats to it accidentally because he's not 
either not quite getting it or but, he but, is. But, but Watchmen is not finna can't yeah. try it. But your your idea is that he's intentionally. Yeah, Watchmen. Watchmen I, is not finna get his waist, dude. This is not that. Dante's Inferno. This is Watchmen. It's meant to be mildly accessible because it was for a, a general audience. This is the dude who wants to make the Fountainhead because he thought it was an inspiring story. And say what you will about the like, Fountainhead, ouch. it is yeah, right. a story Oof. and there is a philosophy at work there. It might be one we disagree with. <laughs> it is a story. But I, I think that Ayn Rand is probably a better writer than Snyder is a director. But I'm just saying, I don't think he's great at the critical comprehension. No, but plenty of smart uh, people really like Ayn Rand. Again, disagree or not, that, that is true. She came at the right time. But, but I was going to say, what Snyder has said he disagrees with Ayn Rand's politics. But, okay, but you can't say that and want to make the Fountain into a movie. Like, yeah, why would you but make that? My argument is the kind of person who would turn Watchmen into this movie is the kind of person, kind of person who, f- who could read The Fountainhead and be like, this is an inspiring story about an artist who wants to make something. No, and I, and I think that and he like, will make a movie that's what he wants to watch. He'll take the points from it. But again, it's an intentionally bad reading of a text. I Again, Terry, I don't think wow. it's intentional. I think he's an I idiot. I, I, you know, but like you can't, you can't be that dumb. Like no, Watchmen is not Finnegan's Wake, man. It's not like. Um, have you seen Guardians of the Gahul or whatever? I haven't. But I mean, that looks a little. Dumb, it, it, it's like Watchmen is a dense text, but it's not one that's indecipherable. Yeah, I'm just saying. I to think get the point across, it kind of is indecipherable enough for. Zack Snyder. <sighs> I and I think that he understands. I, you're being really nice about this in a way, Terry. Like you're hating what he's done to the movie, but you're giving him a lot of lot more credit in like a maniacal sort of way. Like he's a maniacal genius, not giving a shit about the nuance of the text and making a movie that he. Yeah, wants to, Paco's, Paco Paco sees that point. I, I think it's true. He he made the movie he wanted to see. And he rewrote it in a way that suits him better. And I th- and I think you're well, right to also point out that he would. Well, yeah, yeah, but, like, he kind of made it in, like, ultimately he had the decisions that put that on, like, you know, film. Uh, It it ended up being his vision, because we all know about Snyder's vision, and we're not there yet, but we will soon. Stop looking at things. Zack Snyder, sorry. Excuse me. Stop looking at things. What was it, like, Catwoman's goggles or whatever? Oh, my God. I will oh. say, uh, do you know who wrote this movie? Who because, wrote this movie? Yeah. Uh, David Hayter uh, and okay. Alex Tse? Uh, 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 Wait. To put that in different terms. Oh, sorry. Solid Snake wrote this I movie. I just saw that. Are you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I like saw the that. voice actor? David Hayter. Yes. Holy the shit. Fuck, dude? That is David Hayter. Is the voice of... <laughs> Solid Snake. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah not Kiefer, David Hayter. I mean, he also yeah. did co-write uh, X-Men and X2, which are my favorite. I mean, other than Logan. The I, I kind of really love those movies. Fuck Brian Singer, but still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck Brian Singer. But, but I, when I saw that, I was like, there's no way it's the same David Hayter, right? So I looked it up. Yep, same That's David Hayter. Uh, yeah, dude, Solid Snake and Naked Oh, Snake. man. He's wow. written ten movies. Uh, I mean, good on him. He's he's get that bag, dude. Including, uh, I guess it's TV, but he wrote two episodes of a show called Warrior Nun. 
Let's go. Uh, oh, wait, no, which, dude, I watched part of that show. It's on Netflix. Go. Yeah? Yeah, she, like, it's, like, it some, good? she she gets god powers, and now she's, like, a kung fu nun. That sounds kind of like rad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, not, not to, like... There's Shotgun Mary? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. The, no, they're, like, uh, they're like uh, nuns who carry around machine guns and kill demons. Like, yeah, you, you might like it, Paco. <laughs> That, that sounds, sounds right up my alley. <laughs> Anyways, this episode's going to be long already, and it's been meandering and kind of all over the saving place. Saving face. So let's, uh, let's get to saving face. Saving face. Saving face. Saving face. We're arguing exactly like Zack Snyder fans about comic books and in ways that are confusing for me and I'm sure the listener. <laughs> huh? <laughs> right. Okay. Did you All know right. Did you know that uh, the little kid who plays the young Rorschach is actually Zack Snyder's son? God damn it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, girl. That's um, cool. Anyway. <laughs> You're cute. Uh, that's cool. Welcome to Saving Face, everybody. Yeah. What? Let's go with... Jason, who 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 saved the most face in this? And okay, actually, I had two questions for you guys because I think this is it might be a silly question, but I feel like it's kind of relevant and important when it comes to a movie like this where you're dealing with characters that are already written as like you know comic book IP, but also just like comic book characters, and they're not like supposed to necessarily be representational of real people. Is do you think there's a difference between like how well somebody performs as the character and then how well they perform just in general because i kind of wanted to ask that is like how who do you think in this movie does a good job playing the character that they're that's written for them and who just in general that's that's is, i think that's like they're that, just no, doing that is job. a good that's perfect because i have to like apply yeah. I feel like it applies more as we get deeper in Snyder's realm yeah. where he works with like the DC characters because as written they're more or less the characters from the graphic novel. Yeah. I can't wait to tell changes. you how much I love Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor just to piss <laughs> off all of you. God damn it. Good thing I hate but, uh, that whole thing. We'll get into it. But Anyways, uh, Jason, what do you think? Okay. Similarly... I would love to just smear your faces and my love for Malene Ackerman. I, I I do think she does a great job. I honestly think the cast is great. They not I think only it's Malin. Malin? Okay. Uh Malin sweet, I think she's Malin. a Swedish actress. Um I, I Well then it doesn't matter. She doesn't speak English. <laughs> Malin, um, I think she phonetically I've only seen her in America. She phonetically things, learned the words, I think. Um, I was being a smart ass. I'm sure <laughs> she speaks English. I'm, I'm, but I'm also anyway, Jason, I'm, yeah. never mind. Uh why do you why do you think I Malin Well, I was gonna say that's who I would choose just to smite all of you because you guys are fucking dicks. Um JK, I, you know that was a little brutal. Um, Carla Gugino is way better. Oh, and she totally yeah. looks like her mom, even though she's like five years older, which was another bothersome. Thing. And she doesn't have curly hair. <laughs> well, like the, the whole makeup. thing is kind of um, yeah. uh, the makeup for uh, Malin Ackerman is also really funny because like she has in the, some scenes she's clearly like her actual age, and then in most of the movie she's aged up like fifteen years. Yeah. 
Uh, um, it's weird. I, I really genuinely think the cast is perfect. I think they not only look the parts, but there weren't any moments, even like with secondary characters that I was like, oh, this is just cheesy or God, that's a bad performance. Like there wasn't anything like that. Mm. I will say that I really enjoyed Patrick Wilson um, as mm-hmm. Night Owl. Like he stands out for me and I think he grounds the movie of being a human, of being a insecure man who may not be able to get it up or to be feeling like he's inadequate that John Dr. Manhattan is this beautiful ideal version of a man well, he's um, got a big blue, blue dick too growing man and stuff mm-hmm. you know this like Flaccid. beautiful fucking just cock that glows in the dark um <laughs> no, but, it like, yeah. <laughs> it totally no, glows in like, the dark <laughs> it's yeah, like to enough it does drink yourself god um but it's it, got to be hard to sleep next but, to Dr. Manhattan. Just all that well, glowing. Yeah. And the radiation. Yeah, it does have to use power um, to dim it. J- JK. Uh, I don't know. Th- th- I mean, that was one of my favorite parts, too, with Billy Crudup, as well as, like, in one of the things that I loved about the book is Vite is slowly pulling things, pulling these characters apart by, um, you know, framing um, Rorschach to go to prison and, and do it, like, getting. Uh, all of these characters like Moloch, who's played by Matt Frewer, who was also the... Yeah, from Star Trek! Well, he was also um, the dad from Dawn of the Dead, which is one of my favorite scenes, who oh. is bitten, who has to be put down. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's and, where I saw him recently. Um, he's also Edison Carter on Max Headroom, baby. Like, he's fantastic as Moloch. And, and I love the oh, idea that Billy Crudup or Dr. Manhattan escapes to Mars to be left alone because he believes that he irradiated like that. That's beautiful in the book. And I, I really like that in the movie. Sorry, I'll go, I'll go back to Patrick Wilson, but I love the humanity of his performance in including in like the moment, um, that I love that's they're playing 99 loof balloons, uh, the yeah. cover of mm, 99 red balloons. The, uh... They're, they're, uh, no, I think that's the uh, original Lori, version, isn't it? Yeah, that's the original Jason. Okay, yeah. well, I love the Nine Inch Nails version of it. Um, sorry. Um, so <laughs> I love. Of course like, you do. <laughs> no, but like it, it really, it shows these characters being human, not superheroes. Like they're going out to dinner, and she's looking beautiful and like marvelous and and stuff. But he's like taking his glasses, or like he's like fogging them up, and he's like. The moment yeah. is shot really sweetly, and that was that moment um, sticks out to me because it's it's like a moment of sweetness and depth that you can't necessarily explore uh, via dialogue or other methods to be able to pull that off. And Patrick Wilson does sell the spirit of that character that is on the page mm-hmm. from Alan Moore that is hard mm-hmm. to articulate and and I really respect that and I think I would go yeah, with all of the great. all of the actors Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Jackie Earl Haley, Matthew Good, Good Good, who's yeah, also good. he's great in Stoker as well which if you want a, yeah, a companion is. piece that movie is fucking awesome by Park Chan-wook. Um so I, I either way I'm sorry to keep uh, blasting on but Patrick Wilson is is fantastic like I I really yeah. loved his performance as Night Owl um I will say that I was disappointed that Hollis Mason's arc was left out uh, so much because 
um, who is the original Night Owl that he's having a beer with early in the movie. Um, in the comic book, uh, Hollis Mason's murdered by a bunch of people who find out that... In the movie, he is too. Did you guys not in the version you watched? No. That, that wasn't in my version. That was cut out. Every single version it's, it's I've watched ours. before, I was... I even rewound and looked for it. There is. I I think the three of us watched on HBO, right? Yeah. 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 I watched it on HBO too. Wait, what? I was fucking weirded out every single time. Yeah, I no, I rewound and it's not in there. It's which is weird because every single adaptation of Watchmen I've seen was on like the movie channel when my dad had cable, and there is that whole part where Hollis Mason gets murdered, and then Night Owl Dan goes into the bar, learns about this, fuck? and, like, beats the fuck out of these guys because he's pissed that his mentor See, and, was... I don't know. And, and that, that, that would have made Freyberg's character so much better no. in the movie. Why did they not include that? That's, that's bullshit. Yes, that's, I don't know. That's weird. It's not even an extended version. I've never seen the extended version, but that was in the original version. That was a disappointment when I watched this because, <clears> like, I genuinely just finished reading this book, and honestly, I'm probably going to reread this book like again right now like i just i really think it's one of the most important pieces of literature I, like that sounds stupid um no, no it's not I, stupid we, we yeah, you're talking about it's much just it nerds. genuinely because yeah, we, we mentioned that in the three um i i should also like i'm a big fan of comic books i'm a big fan of like art mm-hmm. i'm a big fan of alan moore like i genuinely think that it should be sent out into space to i always use this same stupid analogy but like well, but what it's is a it, good the analogy. Voyager probe? Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, like it has like a disc that that is like, oh, you know, come this in peace, humanity. humanity. Like this is one of those books to send up because there's so many beautiful moments. It's not just a comic book movie, but with Hollis Mason's death, it is earth shattering. When I read it in the comic, that I feel like that would yeah. have grounded his character, like or not grounded, but like. It was such a powerful moment that I wish was in this, and that's why I probably, no joke, will most likely buy the Ultimate Edition just so I can watch it. Maybe that'll be a... Uh, I guess so. A, a commentary. But, um, yeah, sorry. Because that's weird that it wasn't in our HBO version, because mm-hmm. I swear to God, every version well, I've he watched even, uh, it's the origin. it's in the original. He even... Like, where Hollis Mason gets murdered, there's, like, a whole thing, and then Dan gets upset about it, and, and like, beats the shit out of... I saw songs. it in the theater, and I'm pretty sure it was not included. Well, the, the other thing, too, is that there are... That I must have only seen the, the extended version of this There movie. are several subplots that are cut out of the movie, like, you, uh, I Terry, you'd mentioned Hooded Justice has a run where he is a queer character. We didn't really talk about, like, the Adrian Veidt has, like, a um, gay sensibility, too, where he's, like, all of his followers are in the comic are these men in, like, like, he's, there's a strong indication, not indication, this sounds bad, like, the subtext is that that he yeah. is gay. I don't think that's but, fair. I mean, but but on like, his... look at Elon Musk. All the idiots who follow him are like dudes who are super into Bitcoin. But but uh, but uh, there's also a file on his computer when Night Owl's on his computer that is boys, which I was bringing up before we started <clears throat> recording. Is like, is that Zack Snyder's uh, vilification of? gay culture and homophobia equating gay people with pedophilia Boys. of that shit and and that kind of I didn't fly to me. I think you're reading way too much into it. I'm that. sensitive. I was thinking that was just like another hey, project. No, hey, I don't know if anyone knows this. 
sensitive. I didn't. Sensitive. I didn't catch um, that in the film. Sorry, sorry to, to 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 drone. Anyways, who, what, sorry, uh, I, I went next? and peed. Are you yeah. still doing? No, this I'm so sorry. I went yeah, off. We the were rails just mentioning completely. that the Hollis Mason scene. <laughs> I swear to God, was in the original, but apparently isn't. And I was wondering if you guys in your HBO. I watch didn't see it, and, and I was disappointed. But um, and that yeah. blows me away because that's such a great part. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry to drone on Terry. Uh, what series like fuck so it. I, I think my overall pick for like best performance is probably Jackie Earl Haley uh, mm. and, and like for the reasons we already talked about like Snyder uh, obviously idolizes Rorschach and, and because of that I, I think that honestly e- even though you know I, I, I argued and, and uh, <laughs> like complained and pissed and moaned Rorschach you? is a badass in this movie. What? No, I know, I know, right? But Rorschach is a, is a certified badass in this movie, and it is like, but but if you see Rorschach as as more of a um uh like Bronson Deathwish kind of character, and and like yes, so like on that on that merit alone, I think his character rocks in this movie. Um, as far as like the, the character that is uh, truest to the, like the the adaptation in the book, I honestly uh, I kind of liked Billy Crudup as as Doctor Manhattan, mm-hmm. like. I I I think no one like Crudup just does that like completely emotionless voice. Yeah, the soft emotionless. Yeah, like it, it. I mean, and I also have a slight because uh, because I grew up watching the dub of Princess Mononoke where he does uh, Ashitaka. He's fantastic and, and, in that. Too. Right, and, and so like I kind of I I can't Big help fish. but hear that a little bit, and so I kind of just it's the same kind of role, and he's good at it. Like he's just good at doing that emotionless thing. And I think as far as communicating Dr. Manhattan, like there are a few moments where he's a little bit animated. And I think cause Crudup has the range to kind of portray that because he's so monotone most of the time you actually feel it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is a really nice mm. uh, way to adapt the character in a way that like uh, works in the film that you don't necessarily get in the book. It's, it's a nice adaptation. Yeah. Th- that's such a good observation, Terry. Like I didn't think about yeah. that. Like he is monotone and he's displaying all of these facets of his character in a way that's not emotive, but playing off of other characters uh, yeah. reacting to him. And I well, think and, that's and I think, pretty brilliant. He's a good actor. Well, yeah. and, and Vite also points out at one point that like he has facial expressions that denote his emotions. And I think that Crudup mm-hmm. kind of does some of that in the film. There are a few moments, and I think this is also sort of testament to whoever's uh, behind the camera, where like there are these like close-ups on on Crudup's eyes at, at Doctor Manhattan, like, and, and while all you can't really see his pupils or like his gaze, there is like this sort of uh, they are evoking an emotion, and I think it's he's it's all, done he's, well. He's melancholic. He's, he's kind yes. of an incel. Uh, pre-incel <laughs> where he's just like just well, I mean, are, are you an incel if you have a threesome with yourself and your girlfriend um, or a foursome I, I do love how they shot him too like with three cameras he was in like a blue suit or not a blue suit but like the technology to make an actual light that was uh, emitting from him reflect on the character it looks, not it looks a way cool. that's superficial like the way that they shot that mm-hmm. was pretty awesome like and i don't know if they would do that now you know like i i really and, well, and, and, uh, and i will say that. like one of the things unambiguously about this film that i appreciate is the technical aspects of it i i agree with you the filmmaking is sharp it looks good and like you're pointing out here like like the glow like there are little things like it works it works in that regard a lot yeah like i would i would totally agree i i, I appreciated billy crudup's 
him as a choice for the character, especially because his voice mm. really works, and I think he's just generally a good actor mm-hmm. for for doing those subtle things. But what about you, Paco? Who, and eye candy. You to, to use like blue <laughs> eye candy too. I mean, those freckles. I mean, God, Jesus. I think one of the things Snyder doesn't get enough credit for is the risks he's willing to take in casting, uh, which has extended from basically throughout his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, of most of 300 is unknown. Sarah Pauly, Jesus. I see there's a bunch of people in Dawn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dawn is all um, great. Yeah. He also arguably discovered Gal Gadot, for which he should go to jail. He did also take a huge risk He's the person who chose to cast uh, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, oh. and mm-hmm. it is such a My fucking man. perfect choice. And like Momoa rolled a mission to cut board. Yeah, but not even just Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. Momoa is pretty. My awesome. mother was a pool, but, but like you know, <laughs> some virgins were upset that uh, he wasn't. Like an Aryan, like the comic oh whatever. Uh, of course, of course they were. That was disappointing. But, but you know, it's it's like you get over but, it. I mean, I know most of Snyder's fan base <laughs> might be also fascistic, but anyways, uh, what I'm getting at is <laughs> sorry, sorry, uh, yeah, guys. <laughs> dude is a killer at casting. I think with almost his... with the exception of one person who I named earlier, uh, the entire cast kills it. Uh, in this movie, I think I gotta just go with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Hell because yeah. he has arguably the linchpin role. Like, mm-hmm. it's a smaller role, but he's gotta sell the comedian at like eight different points. He's also what and sets like, the movie in motion. Like, we would not get to Antarctica without his death. And without well, and, and Rorschach. His, his story but, also but kind of... That's storytelling. We're talking about acting. Oh, I'm, yeah, but... Yeah, like, arguably, like, I think the more important scenes are... He's got to go from, you know, killing someone in a Vietnamese bar to uh, breaking down at yeah, the bed of Moloch. his archenemy. Yeah. And, like, sell every scene on the emotional spectrum... And killing hippies too. Well, he's not killing him. He's just shooting him with tear gas. Like, well, except for that. well, except for that part where he's just blasting his shotgun when he first jumps well, it, off the thing, and then he starts firing. No, I think tear the shotgun's full of tear gas rounds, wasn't it? Be- no, because you don't I see thought it was, any yeah. canisters coming out of the thing. He's just going. Unless you can fire tear gas that quickly, and he has I just think, like I think I think he's got a tear gas police bureau. Drum. I think, yeah. but yeah, I didn't right. see any come out. It just literally looked like a blast of bullets, and I thought he was just like shooting people. And then once he ran, I don't know. No, I'm Maybe pretty I was sure. I totally gas. interpret that as him just literally killing people, and oh. then shooting tear gas for fun just to hurt people because he's a sadistic ass. That would change but his character anyways, a lot. <laughs> uh, he, I mean. We haven't even touched on the rape scene with Carla Cugino. Yeah. Uh, but and her forgiving him. Yeah, there's there's so much range he has to play in what's really an unforgivable role, like sixth on the call sheet. Uh, like 
dude fucking kills it every step yeah. of the well, way. He almost uh, didn't even take the role because he read the first scene and was just like, oh, I'm killed off in the first scene. But really, he 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 comes up throughout the movie to well, propel yeah. the narrative. Yeah, I think he bookends the narrative. That um, rape scene is really challenging to watch, and it throws away, like, Hooded Justice is another member of the Minutemen, um, who is met with a homophobic response and it's kind of dealt away with that it, it gets what you like? further into in the book. But the idea, yeah. too, that um, it's treating those characters without judgment. You're not judging um, Carla's character uh, for, like, actually having sex with him later and having a kid. I don't, I, like I respected that. I mean, I judged her. No, but like that's yeah. in the book too, and it's but it's it's hard to muster because it's also just like people are people, and it's it's she treating these characters mm-hmm. the way that they deserve to be looked at, and and I didn't judge her. I, I don't know. I just feel like people are complicated, and she also doesn't. Des- uh, we don't deserve an explanation for her doing that. Uh, and and mm-hmm. I respect that. I, I don't know, or an explanation um, for why maybe she loved Eddie. Yeah, I mean, it's compl- I, I don't know. I, like it's almost private. It's between her. It's the, the juxtaposition of the man that she's with. Uh, that's the father figure, maybe to Julie, who's giving her a shit for yeah. that. It's like you know, she doesn't owe uh, anyone. How I read that is she cheated on him with the Canadian. Yeah, uh. but but but. Yeah, which I also read too, but the fact that he's just rubbing her face in it when uh, he did attempt to... Ra- but that that's his pain. Ta- it's... Well, so there, from, there, there's there's a scene later in the, I mean, in the book where she basically like says like uh, in the metatext, like, I wanted... I felt like I was helping and like maybe like letting him rape me somehow helped. Like, it's a really questionable super weird part of the meta text in the book and like honestly i think that's a good omission uh because like mm. that's a really fucking weird way to frame that whole narrative that. I, it, it, it's i don't remember where i read it but i was i was poking around the book and i found it and was like a, like really stunned to read that which the meta text you're mentioning is throughout the graphic or the comic books there are excerpts of like you know the new frontiersman where it's like a, new, a fictional newspaper where it's like clippings of the silk specter oh, yeah, right. and there's mm-hmm. like there's all these like uh things that, that, that so stop uh, like that are like you're reading a book there are literally pages of writing that yeah break well up there's there's excerpts stuff. of it's like an art, yeah, there, yeah there's excerpts of dan and... hollis's or not or whoever the uh, yeah, 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 first yeah. night owl's book his book oh yeah uh, yeah in hooded yeah. justice too. exactly i mean it goes into hooded justice's book that's under the hood i think was his book yeah that's, like that's that. shown mm-hmm. in vites study yeah sorry to interrupt yeah yeah god that comes anyways fucking good uh Evan, how about you? What's your saving face? Uh, it, it was kind of... I will say, um, I agree with Jason, that I, I, I think I had a lot more fun with Patrick Wilson just because I feel like he played that sort of schlubby, dorky character incredibly well. Um, I don't quite remember how Dan was exactly in the comics, so based on the character, but I feel like he... he <laughs> yeah, exactly. Schlubby, kind of dorky. I just remember a lot of that. And just that... I feel like Patrick Wilson does a really good job for the script that for the character that's written on the script for him is he pulls it off and you're really convinced that he's he's Dan and it's a I think he's just really good at it and to go back to what Jason was talking about that scene where like 
they're playing 99 off moose balloons um and like it's slow motion and he's just like well of course um you know Lori is painted and kind of like she's got a, she dressed up the whole for the whole part and it's beautiful looking passes this beautiful smile to dan and the camera cuts to dan and he's just kind of like <laughs> yeah. with his glasses like hot like you know trying to get off the fog and puts them on like huh oh it's it's super cute and really well done but i think just great between the two actors there just that whole bit um that and i would have to say i i was torn between because i love jackie earl haley and everything Mm -hmm. he's in i think he's um, just an amazing actor in general but i also love um um What's his name? Plays the comedian something. Oh, Jeffrey, uh, Dean Jeffrey Morgan, Dean Morgan Stanley. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey <laughs> Dean Morgan Oswald. is yeah Morgan Stanley. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is just again one of those. I see him everything I see him in. He's just fun to watch, and I think he's a really interesting, charismatic actor who's you know he's kind of fucking sexy too. So it's like, I, I he he portrays the character of the comedian and like Jace or like Paco was saying he has so much range in that character and he really does portray it in a very convincing way and i i really appreciated him i as much as i appreciate him in almost everything i see him in he i just think in this movie i really really like him but yeah patrick wilson i also love you know carla i don't know how to say her last name gugino gugino i always think that she's she's really compelling too i think she's a fantastic actor and even in the role that she's given in this movie she just she fucking pulls it off and is one of those that have you seen gerald's game evan no i watched a scene recently from Gerald's game because i've heard that's that's a good that's my favorite and like it was just an instagram post of her like being like you know underrated actors in movies and she was on one of them i was like god damn that's a fucking crazy ass scene um, but yeah, so I I would like to see her in more stuff, as you know, especially not what is it Thanksgiving Vacation with uh, with uh, Pauly Shore. <laughs> she was in back in I think the nineties or something. Oh, yeah, son in law. Yeah, son in law. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude, and she's great in the that. Juice. Young, young Carla. That movie sucks. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be <laughs> our next commentary is son in law. But yeah. So that's that's what I think yeah. was really fun. Any final thoughts, fellas? Or do we, I mean, I I, talk about I already blew I, up all over everything. I, would, I think everyone knows how I feel. Yeah, I think I think what, we what gave I, our final what thoughts I will, earlier. Yeah. No, hold face. on. I have twenty minutes more final thoughts. Um, <laughs> I do recommend uh, checking out the book. Agent. Like the book is wonderful, and oh, this yeah. movie, compared to all of the superhero shit that's come out the last fifteen years. I think it's worth a watch because it's a different type of comic book movie that is not the standard Spider-Man or anything. Like, it's telling a darker, more interesting story with... Uh, and it's a murder mystery. Yeah, with... with I love murder but, mystery. But with characters that maybe you're not familiar with. Like, it mentioned... There's, like, a Gotham... Like, it mentions something in the background of one of the scenes and stuff, but it's not Superman and Batman. It's, like a bunch of original characters um, that I think are interesting. Like, I I really think this is a a great, um, you know, high watermark in Zack Snyder's, uh, you know, catalog. And I think that Mm -hmm. he made a movie that a lot of people did not like. 
And honestly, I could not have imagined making this movie. Like, this is considered the best graphic novel of all time. Like, it's untouchable. The idea that he has so much drive to make the movie, and as good, in my opinion, as I think it is, uh, warts and all, I think is is worth shouting out to. Like, this is one of the toughest things to adapt, period. And the idea that he gets away with, uh, you know, how good I think this is is pretty rad. Like, I really respect him for uh, the the vision. God, I'm never using vision again. But his... his uh, This was a really great attempt at adapting this. And honestly, I don't think that they'll remake this in 30 years or 20 years or 10 years. Like, this isn't a movie that I can imagine someone remaking. Like, this is probably going to be the definitive... Oh. They'll, it'll get rewarded. hopefully after we're Just dead but still maybe in 30 40 years yeah no nah, it'll be like five years uh i do want to say one 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 little final thing um <laughs> this movie is i i do feel like it's it's not it's not a very good adaptation or homage to Watchmen, but of course they're like a lot of these movies where they're remakes or they're adaptations of something they like to give little snippets uh from say certain panels or something that is an homage to the original and even though Zack Snyder couldn't fit in the kid reading the comic book about the the black freighter and his relationship with the the um, newspaper stand guy there is the final scene when New York is um you know like exploding whatever um with the eruption there is the little I remember it from the comic I could be wrong it's been a while but like the scene where the kid holding the newspaper with the comic inside it and the newspaper the newsy dude this guy at the stand hug each other in and like embrace as the white light just then destroys them i thought that was kind yeah, of i mean that I was, was like you couldn't add that part of the story into the movie because that'd be a little too much well, i mean that was the end of one of the issues before the penultimate that. like that was before the last issue yeah and that stood out to me as well because it's a cool little homage it also showed mm-hmm. the, it's like oh that it's exactly the it showed panel. directly the consequences of characters that you got to know over the past 10 11 issues die um and just out of nowhere yeah and I, I, yeah. yeah it's uh, I, I beyond that because we don't even know who they are in the movie it's just i think that was kind of fun for Zack Snyder to do that be like if you've read the comic you know who these two people are and i'm going to put that last little bit in there for you before we yeah hey i'm acknowledging these characters and parts you like without actually showing you any of that stuff in the actual movie well, of course not dude <laughs> there it's too dude, much for to a cover. movie like this like the book is I, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's already already three hours there. long yeah like so, this episode like, if the fact that he did it <laughs> yeah. i think it's it's cute they do a lot of directors like to do that in movies that they're making adaptations yeah. of yeah so i'm like that was like Vite's perfume that was commercial cool. that that the, the the comedian is watching the the show at the beginning, and it's the Vite like perfume commercial, at, it, like, or there's a commercial for like the perfume that's like a big panel thing in the in near the end of the book and stuff. Like, there's all these little snippets of things from the book that are like kind of like, hey, we're trying to please everyone without you know adding in extra ten minutes to show these you know moments and stuff. Yeah. So I kind of I, I like that little wink. Okay. But yeah. Well, yeah. anyway. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we've gone on far too long. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on social media at uh, 
What's our Twitter handle, Jason? Auteurs Vulgar. Auteurs Vulgar. Yeah. Auteurs Vulgar. And on Instagram at Vulgar Auteurs Podcast. And you can also, if you would like to, reach out to us at vulgarauteurs at gmail.com where we will listen to and read your emails, but that doesn't mean that we will respond all the time. So did we have we a spam spell... folder too, so just did... remember that. Did we spell the email right? I think... Of course, yeah. Okay, I thought I... did it wrong the first time, but then I changed. Okay, perfect. Also, if you don't hug yourself, then what what are you doing? At the end of this episode, I feel like we all need to hug, because there are some, uh... (laughs) There's a lot of emotions. Tension. (laughs) At this point, I feel... I haven't haven't heard Terry in, like, five minutes. I think he's I think Terry's the Anyways, catch us next week... Catch us next week when we talk. Catch us next week when we cover Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Cthulhu. I'm so sorry in advance. (laughs) That was a a premature laugh to the Oh my god. Alright. Good night, everybody. Go hug yourself. It was a hoot.